with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's from Deuteronomy 6. Now back to Psalm 103, David is reminding himself to worship the Lord with his whole heart. And for us, our application is when we come to worship him too, that we should remember we should attempt to worship him with our whole hearts. Now here's a question, this is what I thought about. When you worship God, now I'm not knocking music, I'm not knocking Christian music here at all, but do you depend on Christian music? Do you need to turn something on before you feel like you can actually praise and worship God? You know, I know it's easier with the music. I do that too. I enjoy good Christian music. But the challenge to this psalm is, can we do that without the music? Can we just, from our own hearts, look up to God and bless Him and thank Him for who He is and do it wholeheartedly? See, worshiping God with our whole being also connects with Paul's command in Ephesians 5 where he talks about being filled with the Spirit. And he says this, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and here's the important phrase, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. That's Ephesians 5 verse 19. You've heard that before. You're familiar with that passage. But the thought is, you know, how often are we doing that? We're walking around singing and making melody with their heart to the Lord. Now, how often am I doing that? You know, I've got to grow in this too. John MacArthur, he says, this is a heart of worship, even without the aid of anything external. And for himself, he says, the most routine thing I do is sing hymns in my head. So that's his practice, where he's singing hymns to himself, you know, as he goes about the day and things like that. So David begins the psalm by telling us to do this. And then he repeats it a second time. And when they repeat it, that means it's important. So he says it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, in verse 2. And now he's going to go on to what the next part is, that we should worship with a grateful heart, knowing the many blessings that God gives us. You know, blessings that we can name back to him and thank him for. And some of these benefits, just now walking from the beginning of the psalm, forget not his benefits. Verse 3, who pardons all your iniquities. The first clear thing that God blesses us with is the forgiveness of sin. Now, how can we get anywhere without that? So we have his grace, we have his pardon, we have his forgiveness. That's the very first thing we can be thankful for and bless him for. Uh, we thank God for his forgiveness for our sins because there are many. And because of that, his grace is sweet to us because of his forgiveness of our sins. But he goes on further, second half of verse 3. He heals all your diseases. Now, commentators say different things about this. It's definitely spiritual healing, healing our souls from the corruption that sin brings to us. But it could also have a, a physical healing. You know, commentators went both ways with this, and I don't have an argument with either one. But, you know, we can go to God and thank Him when He heals us from in our own hearts. And we can thank Him when He provides physical healing as well. That is a blessing from Him. And then going on to verse 4, we can thank Him for redemption. He redeems our lives from the pit. And this speaks of being delivered from death or being lifted from the grave. So God forgives us, he heals us, and he brings us up out of the grave. All those things he did in salvation through Christ when we came to know him. 
But the, another point that's very important, as David, as David brings out, is his compassion to us. Not only is forgiveness, not only is healing, not only is redemption, he crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. MacArthur says this, he crowns us with covenant love by God's committed will. Another commentator said, the love of God not only delivers from sin, disease, and death, he makes his children kings and weaves their crowns out of his own glorious attributes of loving kindness and tender mercies. So we have so much to thank God for, and David knew that too, and that's where David started in the psalm, speaking to his own heart before he spoke to other people. And then going on to the fifth verse, we can thank him for goodness and renewed vitality. It says, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Each day we are revitalized by God. Sometimes do you ever pray and you're re- encouraged, you're lifted up, or even through an encouragement of a friend, you're encouraged, you're lifted up. Those are blessings from God where he renews us and strengthens us. Something related to that, David said in Psalm 27, where he said, I would have despaired if I had believed that I would see, if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, David's saying, I would be in despair, I would be depressed if I did not believe I'd see God's goodness here and now in this day and this time. But I would not see God's goodness in this day. So we depend on God's goodness and we're revitalized by it. And God shows us goodness in our everyday lives. His providence toward us is always good, always for our good. We worship and we serve a good God. And there's another passage which I know you've heard before. He's just saying it again to you in Isaiah 40. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength, They will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get tired. And they'll walk and not become weary. As we wait for him, seeking him, he gives us strength even as a soaring eagle. Now the psalmist continues. I'm going to move into the next section just a little bit. Verse 6. This is the point where he's starting to talk to the nation of Israel. He's not speaking to his own soul now. Now he's speaking to people outward. In verse 6 he says, The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. And I think that's kind of an interesting verse, and I wanted to just talk about that tonight. Because, believe it or not, God is interested in social justice, but not the kind of corrupt social justice that we talk about or hear about in the media and stuff today. He is concerned about people being treated fair. He's concerned about the rights of the poor. He's concerned about those things but in the right way. God, God is the only one who does social justice right. Let me just say that right up front. He's concerned about those things. In Psalm 60, 68, verse 5 and 6, it says, God is a father to the fatherless and a judge for the widows. Is God in this holy habitation. And Isaiah, when he's speaking to the people of Judah, he was speaking against them on behalf of God because they are failing to take care of the poor. They're failing to do the right things with regard to justice. And he said this, Woe to those who enact evil statutes and to those who constantly record unjust decisions so as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor of my people of their rights so that widows may be their spoil and they may plunder the orphans. 
So God cares about justice, and he cares about it in the right way, not in the way that we hear about it today from so many different places. So it's good to know that God blesses us with so many benefits, starting with our pardon with sin, healing us, redeeming us, crowning us with his loving kindness and compassion, satisfying us and renewing us when we need that renewal and need new strength. And he cares about justice in the world as well. So I could go on, but time does not allow. So I'm just going to once again start from this verse and read on just again, just hear it again, and I'll close with that. Um, So verse 6 again, The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Amen to that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame, and he is mindful that we are but dust. I'll just stop there for now. But anyway, you get the idea. You get the idea of what David is saying. He's first calling himself to praise God with his whole heart. Then he goes to the nation of Israel and the people of God, calling on them to praise God. Then at the very end, he even calls on the heavenly host. And then returns back to the beginning. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So I hope that's helpful and encouraging to you tonight. It it was to me in my own study.